Welcome to the Mindful Mutiny Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Van Wert, CEO, therapist, and high-level coach. On Mindful Mutiny, we thoughtfully rebel against anything that keeps people from attaining their highest potential. You are not going to want to miss today because I have a really unique person on, somebody that I've known for a really long time. His name is Ray Pulver, and of all things, he is a professional parade developer. He puts on parades, he makes those parades happen, and you have no idea how much project management, how much goes into making a parade. It's a really unique kind of person that can do this sort of thing. You've got to have a great positive attitude. You've got to have an incredible set of relationships with many different people. And so today, without further ado, Ray Pulver, thank you so much for being on Mindful Mutiny. Thanks, Jeremy. So glad to be here. So, gosh, there's just so much to talk about here. Now, now, I, can you go through just like a a like a quick biography of what what is it that you're doing right now? What is what do you do with parades? Sure. So, um, I'm actually founder and owner of Upbeat Parade Productions, based here in San Jose, California. We plan, produce, and manage parade productions. Um, we currently work with 23 parades throughout the West Coast, from Portland, Oregon all the way down to Palm Springs over to Las Vegas. Um, I actually have a client in Massachusetts and um, we're responsible for uh, obtaining all the entries in the parade, working with the city on street closures, detours, security. Um, if there's television or media involved, we're involved with that as well. If it's a television production, we work with the production agency, the production uh broadcast of the parade. We write the scripts for the announcers. Um, in some cases, we get bleachers and stages and sound equipment for along the parade route. So there's a whole uh, variety of things that we do, but um, it's basically maintaining uh, parade or managing main, uh, parade production. Okay. So I, I don't even know how you get into doing something like this. And I know that we're going to get into it as we talk here. But the wonderful thing about you, Ray, that has just really grown on me over years and years of being a friend of yours is just this infectious positivity, this ability to make something positive about anything. You're just incredible in integrity and everything that it is that you do and your ability to really see the bright side in things and look at what is possible to happen. And and that's been really a theme of the way that you work. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, uh, first off, parades are fun, and in in my world, parades are fun and exciting. I mean, I've loved parades since I was a kid. Truly, never thought I'd be doing it as a business adventure, but um, it, that happened 23 years ago when I started the company. Um, but it's just, uh, I I just think it's a positive, fun things for for communities. So, where'd you grow up, Ray? Um, I actually grew up on the East Coast. I was born in Stamford, Connecticut, and uh, I grew up in Western Massachusetts in the beautiful Berkshire Hills, where it's fall there now, and the leaves are turning all sorts of colors, which I miss that time, time of year. Um, but uh, I uh, then moved out here to California um, in the uh, mid-90s, 93. Um, I met my partner, Tom, who um, we actually met on the East Coast and made the jump to the West Coast at that time, um, which was a little bit challenging for me because I'm very close to my family and friends back East. And a lot of people said, why are you going 3,000 miles away? Um, but I was offered the opportunity to um, 
start my parade career as professionally, I was actually doing uh, the 4th of July parade back in my hometown in Pittsfield, Massachusetts for almost 20 years as a volunteer. And I learned all the different aspects of putting a parade on through that. That parade um, became the first nationally televised 4th of July parade in the country. And uh, we were in 200 markets across the country on PBS. And we were also on the American Forces Network around the world. So um, an opportunity came here in San Jose that the holiday parade was looking for some professional assistance. So the city hired me to help with their television broadcast and some other elements of the parade. And I worked on that parade for a few years and then in 2000 decided to start my own parade production business. So here we are. So before you ended up doing parades professionally, you were doing them as a volunteer. You were working on it. You were learning the ropes and doing these what I'm assuming to be relatively small parades out on the East Coast. And you had day jobs and you were you were telling me a little bit before that you did some time in an architecture firm and then you went some places from there. What were the day jobs that you had that you were doing while well, you were doing parades on the side? Yeah, actually, I took architecture in high school and I thought that was the field I was going to go into because I enjoyed drawing. And uh, I did work for an architect firm for a couple of years. And uh, unfortunately, at that time, they started layoffs in that field. So I ended up being laid off and I could not find another job um, in that industry. So I uh, went on to banking. I, I just was looking for a job. I didn't have a degree in architecture at the time. Um, <clears throat> but uh, so I ended up in banking. I was in banking for 11 years. Um, I started out in the operations department, just computer inputting um, for new accounts that were open, and then worked my way up to the management position of that department, managing nearly 30 people. And um, so that was, you know, a good job. And uh, I kind of decided banking wasn't a career that I wanted to maintain. And so I shifted gears and friends of mine asked if I'd uh, join them in opening a retail business and go into our own business, which I did. Um, and uh, it was okay for about the first three years. And then it kind of struggled. Retail is not an easy business at all, especially in Western Massachusetts and in a specialized um, type of retail that we had. Uh, so, uh, and that's the time that I met Tom and um, he uh, said that San Jose was looking for somebody to manage their parade. So um, I decided to, we closed up the retail and I headed West. And uh, that's how I ended up here. So you're working these various different day jobs and you're trying to make something that's more conventional happen in mm -hmm. your life. You're doing the evening and weekend parade thing. Mm -hmm. This full-time position comes up in San Jose. And that's a big decision to make because mm -hmm. you're going from things that are relatively known quantities, architecture, mm -hmm. banking, retail, these different things into I'm going to put on parades and I'm going to move 3000 miles away from my family to roll the dice on something that is completely that nobody really understands. It's a part <laughs> of my home network. Right. What gave you the strength to make a decision of that nature? You know, I, I just came to terms with it to say, uh, because, you know, I, I had just really didn't know. I had I known Tom for maybe six months. And so I wasn't sure if it was the right decision. It was a struggle to decide. I actually came out and did it half year. So I came out here to help with the holiday parade. And then I went back east and finished helping with the 4th of July for a couple more years. So, but the 4th of July was still volunteer. Here was where the money was being made. Um, but you know, I had the attitude that if it doesn't work on the West Coast, I can always go back home. 
to family and friends. So um, that that was kind of the way I looked at it. And I also looked at it as if I don't take this opportunity, I don't want to say, well, what if I had taken the opportunity? What could have happened? And what has happened is far beyond what I could have ever imagined. So you come out, you're working for the city. It's year 2000, 2001. You took this job of what you said, like 99, 2000-ish? Yeah, well, I actually took the job with the city of San Jose in 94. And I worked with that parade through 99. And then in 2000, I started my own production business, the March of 2000. So so you're, you're working for the city doing parades. Then what made you go out on your own and start your own company? Well, it was just... Um, with the city where there was a, uh, they were looking to go a different direction that I was hoping the parade would go. So um, I just decided to leave the city. And then I thought, well, I could try this and start my own business and see. And I, and I actually knew at the time, a couple other people who were kind of mentors of mine in the parade industry who had their own businesses. There was one in Southern California and a gentleman um, on the East Coast in Atlanta. And I always admired what they did. And I thought, gosh, what a great business to be in. I don't know if I could do that. And there was a lot of people when I, a lot of close friends and family members, when I said, you know, I'm going to lead the city. I'm going to start my own parade production business. They all kind of scratched their heads and go, you really think you can make a business out of that? And I said, well, there's other, you know, there's a couple other people that do, and I admire what they do, and why not take a shot at it and see? So, so that's what I did. So, and then through my networking as a member of international festivals and events and California Nevada Festivals and Events Associations, I got to meet and uh, some people through that who decided, well, you know, we need some help with our parade. Can you come and help us? And and so I ended up uh, having about three clients the first year doing parades clients in the first year that's that actually that sounds pretty good was that was uh that yeah good? i mean like, i thought it was great yeah. <laughs> i thought it was great you know it was a fair parade it was a fourth of july parade and then we started um i was uh asked by the chamber of commerce in oakland to help with bringing back their holiday parade so that's and and that was all done through networking i you know i did a presentation at um one of these events seminars and and somebody at the seminar said, you know, I'm supposed to do this Oakland parade, but I'm not able to do it. Would you be interested in talking with the chamber and bringing in your insight on it? And that's how I ended up with doing the holiday parade in Oakland. So you're starting this parade business. It's the early 2000s and mm-hmm. you have an event that happens in your personal life that changed a lot of things for you. Yeah. So um, my partner, Tom, who um, at the time was uh, 44, uh, suffered a massive stroke. Um, He was a a school teacher and we had planned, uh, even though he was still teaching and I was getting the business off the ground, we were looking to uh, eventually have him join the business and help with production and do a float division. And because he liked to build, he could build anything. And um, in uh, March of 2003, he suffered a massive stroke um, where we nearly lost him. At the time, he had a 20% chance of survival, but he pulled through it. And uh, he was in the hospital, um, a total of three hospitals over a total of 15 weeks. So um, it was a little bit of a, it was a challenge because I focused a lot of my attention on him, although I still had parade clients that I had to make sure that my business kept going. So um, but, uh, it was, yeah, it was quite a shock, um, to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I, I do know that, uh, 
as he came out of this period of time, his functioning became very different. And he has required mm -hmm. since then a great deal more of your attention than before. Uh, and that uh, as, as he came out, you probably had to do a lot of trying to reshuffle how it is that you did what you do uh, with the parades. How that affect uh, you and, and, and everything that you're doing? Um, well, you know, for, first off, fortunately, I um, run the business out of my out of the house is out of the home. So I have a home office all set up. And I maintain that because there was talk of before Tom stroke that if the business takes off, you know, we'll get an office space and all that. Um, but that of course, that didn't happen. And I had to adjust my schedules so that I was still um, focusing on the business. But yeah, I had to focus on Tom because uh, <clears throat> once he came home, I remember, I remember when he, we had a walkthrough with the therapist from the last hospital he was on to make sure that he was able to get around the house in a wheelchair and walker and that sort of thing. And um, the, the gentleman at the time said, are you sure you really want to do this? He said, this is going to be a lot of work as a primary caregiver. But I was of the mindset that, you know, if anybody's going to pull through this, it's going to be Tom and we're going to work to get him back on his feet. And so that's what we did. We were working. Um, I would work with him. I would break away from doing my parade work to, you know, go in another room and help him with therapy. Or when the therapist came here to the house, I didn't sit in my office. I sat with the therapist. I wanted to know what they were doing that I could continue doing that with him when they weren't here. So my <clears throat> my so-called off time was, um, you know, working with Tom to try to get him back to a, uh, I was hoping to get back to a normal set. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. Um, the good thing is he's cognitively good, um, but he's primarily in a wheelchair. So um, so I'm still his full-time caregiver here. Um, I'm fortunate that I do get assistance from his family because I do still go back east to see my family. <clears throat> but um, it's, uh, yeah, so we we work things out and, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a, that's a big job itself, being a primary caregiver, you know, not only them physically taking care of them physically, but also, um, you know, the household things and chores and all that sort of thing. So, um, but you know, it's, it's worked. I, I, I do what I can to make it work. Um, I, when I was talking to you earlier, I try to think, make things, it's changed my life drastically in the fact that, um, my outlook on life, um, I think in some ways it's made me even more positive about things because I, I had to step back. I went through the whole, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And um, that was a, that was a struggle time, but then I thought, well, there's gotta be something that positive about it. What can we get out of this lesson? And one of those things is, um, you know, just the outlook on life. I don't let little things bother me. I know I have friends and people that I know that the minute things they kind of fly off or they get upset about. And I think to myself, here's a man that's in a wheelchair that had a stroke, that that's something to really worry, you know, uh, be worried about or upset about, not some, some minor things. So I, 
I don't surround myself with negative people. Um, I, I unfortunately have lost a couple of friends or I shouldn't say I lost them. I just don't see them as often because when I do, that's very, very negative about, you know, things that happen within their family and all this. And, and I, <clears throat> I don't surround myself with negativity. I look at what's the positive side of things and what can we do to improve things. And that's, and that's what I've tried to do with, with working with Tom is, you know, how can I make um, his life easier and, and and keep him involved with the things that I do because he loves the idea of parades. So I, you know, I bring him to as many parades as I can. I have him in my office helping me look at lineups and did I spell things correctly? He has some visual issues, but um, I try to keep him as involved because I think that's important to him. And I, I treat him and I treat other people, including people in my business, my clients, the way I want to be treated. You know, how would I want to be treated in that situation? And um, so that's, yeah, I, I try to make things as positive as possible. <laughs> and, and for the viewer and listener, this infectious positivity is an absolute superpower that Ray has. I have been in meetings once in uh, uh, once or twice with Ray where something extremely frustrating happened. And I could look on the Zoom screen and I saw Ray's face completely red. And I knew what he was thinking, but after the meeting, I would call Ray and he'd go, well, you know, sometimes things just don't go as, as well as they could, but we're going to pick everything up and we're going to keep going. And just that, that, that wonderful positivity in keeping things going in a positive direction and planning around setbacks. It's something mm -hmm. that for you, Ray, I've just noticed through the years is such a, an incredible superpower that you have. And it has to come not just, it, 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 it feels like it came from earlier in your life that led you to be able to deal with such incredible grace with you know the situation with Tom and and everything like that and that when you say that it's made you even more positive i really really believe that because there really is nothing that i've seen that ever really really uh, gets you going in a negative direction you just simply pivot and plan around whatever it is that's occurred and you re-strategize yeah and and i do try to do that i mean not that there's not things that uh, you know can get me upset and and uh I try not to show it. And there's been times of frustration that I may just go in the you know, walk myself in the garage and go, ah <laughs> <You know? laughs> and say a few choice words, maybe, but and then I just come back and reset myself, you know, because um, you know, things with Tom, it, there's things that he can't help because of his situation. So, and, and I, I see that and yes, sometimes it's like, Oh my gosh. And, and, but then I just have to reset and, and say, okay, we're going to get through this. And, and um, my aunt Beverly, who was a, a great mentor of mine in the, uh, through my life. And also as uh, she was the president of the parade committee back East and really taught me a lot about life in general, but she always said, well, you just got to, stand there and pull your bootstraps back up and think positive and go. And I kind of have that in the back of my mind. And so, uh, so she influenced me with that. And and that's what you try to do. I mean, sometimes it's difficult and, and I know a lot of people go through a lot of difficult things. Absolutely. And, and um, I've, I've had my um, situations, not only with Tom, but in recent years through COVID with um, I, I lost my dad and my aunt Beverly, both within 
two days of each other because of COVID. So that was, um, you know, something unexpected. And, and, you know, you just think of what they would want out of life. And, and <clears throat> I think my aunt Beverly and my dad and, are all, and my um, stepmom Marge are looking down on us and, and saying, you know, this is the, they're helping me get all these extra clients that are popping up and, and making sure that the business continues, which is, uh, which is a good thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, I, I just try to stay positive and, and focused. And again, the big thing is I, do, I don't like to surround myself around negativity. Spirituality obviously plays a big role for a lot of people in having a, you know, a positive uh, outlook on things or an ability to cope with setbacks with grace and and strength and and everything and um is there a role that uh just a in any belief system or 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 spirituality has played for you in any of this um i i'm not i'm not a churchgoer i mean i did when i was younger um uh i was baptized episcopalian i did go through um a couple of years with the catholic church um, in all honesty, I backed away from it after Tom had a stroke because I couldn't understand at the time why why did this happen to somebody who was so good, did such good work, not only in his community, but as an educator, because he was a first grade school teacher, ex- highly respected in his industry in the school district. And um, so that kind of took me away. But I, I, you know, still have some sort of spiritual, you know, it's not that I don't believe. Um but yeah, and and uh, I I think I you know I, I just do my own thing. I don't <laughs> I don't necessarily um, follow along with some of the you know different religions out there. Yeah, yeah, and and oftentimes that is an incredibly healthy thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you mm-hmm. have your your uh, your set of values that you're that you're rolling by, and you know it's something that's really working for you. Mm-hmm. And, and so this. Um, you know, you've got 2003 to you know, 2023 here, your business just begins to grow. And there's a couple of things that you do that help your business really start to, to get more and more of a popular thing. Tell me about this period of time, this, uh, this next 10 years after Tom has his, his stroke and what happens with your business? Well, we, um, you know, I, I maintained the business. We were doing um, well. I thought well with the business. We continued to gradually grow, um, and uh, you know, a lot of it is through networking. I'm I'm definitely believe in networking and relationships. So, um, being actively involved with associations like the International Festivals and Events Association, which is a worldwide association of parades and festivals, and many of the world-renowned parades and events are members of that organization. So I've um, gone to the conferences. I've had the privilege of speaking at the conferences on parades. Um, so there's a networking pool of people that I've uh, have met and gotten to know. And then there's also the California Nevada Festivals and Events Association, which I actually <clears throat> um, still on the board. <laughs> I've been on the board for quite a while. I was president of the board for 12 years. And um, again, the networking and the relationships that I built through that organization as well helped me further grow um, my business. So up until the pandemic, we were um, at about 15 parades that we were doing at the time. And um, and of course, then the pandemic hit and 
uh, it affected everybody. And uh, in the events industry, uh, there was no timetable for special events to come back. I mean, there was a timetable where they thought certain um, areas would come back, but there was never a time period where they said, oh, yeah, you can have a parade again on the street. So for 18 months, um, I was out of work. Um, I actually collected unemployment for the very first time in my life um, through that period just to maintain myself. I did, you know, have funds in the bank, but I was trying to just to maintain myself. And I did take advantage of the uh, different grants that were available. So, but I really didn't know what was going to happen to the business because I didn't know if any of these organizations would survive and would they have the money to put parades on? Would the cities cut these things out of their budgets? And so I really didn't know what was going to happen. And um, coming out of the pandemic, we gradually started getting some of the parades that we had back online. And um, then all the cities and uh, downtown associations, they all decided, you know, we're we're back. We want to do activities and let's have a parade or let's bring this parade back that's been gone for so many years. So my business <clears throat> has skyrocketed pretty much in the last since the pandemic. Uh, and um, as I said, we're up to 23 parades on our schedule this year. Um, we're possibly adding a couple. We are. I just got word of a, a major parade contract that we just landed on Friday. Um, so that's coming up. And then we, uh, I've got probably at least a half a dozen new potential parades for next year that have inquired with us to uh, help them produce. You do something so well. And I, I've, I've watched you do it uh, several times. The way that you have been able to maintain your effectiveness with running parades, it's about your network. And the network that you've built of community people, when, when you think of a parade, I, I think it it feels to a lot of people like that's something that people did a lot in the olden days, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, and one of the problems with our civilization now is that we don't really have a strong, the average person doesn't have a strong connection to their own community, mm -hmm. their own physical city, town, what have you. Mm -hmm. And what a parade really is, is it's a celebration of the community mm -hmm. itself. And so in order to do these, these events, you have all these different groups, cultural groups, political groups, news groups, musical groups coming together to, to, to have an event. You get to know a lot of people in this. And it's been able to help you have the resources so that you're kind of this incredible one-stop shop for parades. If there's a need for a parade, who's the guy? It's Ray Pulver because not only does he know how to organize something like this, he's got the relationships to be able to pull everybody in mm -hmm. and make it happen. So over time, how have you maintained, made these relationships, maintain these relationships and continually grown your prominence in this industry through this incredible ability to engage in community? Um, again, it goes back to the relationships and the contacts and, and I maintain those contacts with people, you know, if it's, uh, 
it could be dropping an email to somebody. It could be, uh, you know, um, seeing that and them at an event. So for example, this weekend we had two parades and I make it a point to try to meet. I can't meet them all because there's, you know, 90 entries, <laughs> but, and I'm taking care of other things, but I try to make it a point to see a lot of the people that I'm in communication with. So it could be the band director from Pittsburgh high school, or it could be the, uh, the gentleman who drives the antique, uh, Jeep, you know, Al senior, who I, he's does some of the parades and, you know, I always make it a point to see him or, you know, I, 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 uh, reach out to the people who are bringing in the balloons, you know, the balloon staff, because I work with that company to bring in balloons. And so I try to make it a point to, it's kind of like touch points, you know, to make sure that it's not just, um, good. You're in the parade and that's it and cut off the relationship. Thanks very much. I'll see you next year. I try to maintain those relationships and, and where I may be able to get, um, some of those groups into other parades. I actually am fortunate enough where I have several groups that will follow me around to different parades because they know what to expect from our production. So, um, and, and again, it's, it's, you get to know them. So they trust, they build trust in what you're doing. And, um, you know, again, it goes back to the relationships, having, having that good relationship, a trusting relationship. I'm not, I, I don't, I don't think I do anyway. And you can tell me cause you know me, but I don't, I don't want to come across as a salesman. You know, I mean, I've met people in the industry, not necessarily parade, but the events industry. And sometimes when they come up to you, it's an automatic sales pitch. And I don't do that. I don't do that when I give presentations at any of these um, events, conferences, or uh, I've spoken at downtown conferences, California Downtown Association Conference or colleges and universities to students. I don't go in and say, you know, Boy, if you're going to do a parade, you need to hire upbeat parade productions. I go in and let them know this is how you need to do this. This is how you get entries. This is how you put a parade down the street. This is what to look for. And I never say, you know, hire upbeat parade productions. I I truly believe in trying. I look at anybody who does a parade. I want them to succeed, you know, do something good for the community and succeed. If I'm fortunate enough where they may call me for some advice, either to um, consult with them or to hire us as a production company, that's great. <clears throat> you know, we'll look at that. But um, I never start these relationships as a sales pitch. I started to just try to help them. There's there's some things that you've recognized about your own value, things that uh, you've come to over the years of doing this that weren't really necessarily um, they, they weren't necessarily things that you knew that you had as a value at the beginning of everything when you started this. And it was a real leap of faith for you to get into this. But there are, uh, there are things that you've had to kind of learn through the years that are really the specific value that you uniquely bring to these, these events and the planning of these things. What are those things? Um. Well, one of them is the value of the network, the network that I have built, which I, I, I still struggle with that. You know, because you know, I look at those people as, you know, friends in the industry. You know, these are all the all the, the network of people I have are friends in the industry. But um, but if somebody needs something in a parade, if it's a float or a balloon or a costume or whatever, you know, I have those resources. So um that's that's a challenging for me, even to put when I'm putting a proposal together, I've had many people say to me, you know, a big value is the people that you know. 
Um, and then the other value I think is the organization. I, I, I tried very hard to be as well organized as possible. Um, and I try to have everything um, up and ready where parade day should run rather smooth other than a few minor issues that can come up. Um, but uh, I want to make sure that it runs like clockwork, you know, starts on time and everything happens. So I'm very attentive to being organized as much as possible. Um, and I'm probably my biggest critic because if something doesn't go right <laughs> or I didn't do something right, which happened this weekend, you know, I, I put these folders together for all my staff and it has the the parade lineup and the alphabetical listing and this, you know, the staging map and how it's supposed to be laid out and who's in their area and all that sort of thing. And uh, one of the parades I did, I ran the alpha list and I, but I didn't run it in alphabetical order. I ran it in parade lineup order, which I know sounds like a corny thing, but to me, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And I was more upset with myself, but fortunately I've got a great team that, you know, just punt with everything and, and, and you just make it happen and make it work. So, but um, yeah, I strive very much to be well-organized and, and again, going back to the person, personable, I try to be as positive and personal and, and, you know, there's times where you have, I had a couple of people uh, in yesterday's parade that were a little bit on edge. And sometimes you have to, you know, you just roll with it. I don't get upset with them. And I try to make, you know, light of the situation or just say to them, you know, it's just a parade. Have fun with it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but overall, 99.9% .9 of the people are just there to have a good time and celebrate the community and and um that's what it's all about and to me the reward i'm so fortunate i have to pinch myself still to this day that we get paid to do this um but to me the reward is the thousands of people lining the streets to see this go down the street and how happy the participants are and the reaction the participants are getting from the spectators that's that's all i need to see so you, you talked about some of the crazy things that some or you, you alluded to it, some of the crazy things that happened. What is the most crazy thing that's happened in a parade? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, it's kind of run the gamut from uh, years ago when I was doing the Fourth of July parade back east, one of the floats caught on fire in the streets oh. so we had to get we had to get the uh you know fire department there to take care of that issue um we've had protesters sometimes at parades <clears throat> and we have to be very conscious that's another thing a lot of people may not uh realize is that when things happen in the world we have to take a look at and see is that something that could affect the parade in some way you know um so those things we're cautious with on that um i've had uh on accidents where people fell off horses or the horse reared up and people fell off. And so um, <clears throat> there's a variety of things that could happen. Um, we try to be very strict on rules and guidelines. And we try to, my staff tries to make sure that the people are following the guidelines that were set, that we set, because I believe in safety first and I want people to have a good time, but they got to do it safely. So, um, so there's a variety of incidences that could happen. Um, Fortunately, they're far and few between in most cases, although this weekend was a, a little bit of an exception with a couple of people getting hurt at the parade. Um, fortunately, they're OK. But um, those are things you have to look at and, and take into account. Um, but it is as the world has changed and um, just as 
there's a, a lot of different issues that we have to watch for. And um, some of the cities are more secured um, than they were. I mean, it it used to be, you know, you just put up a few traffic cone barricades around the area of the where the streets are closed. But because of incidences that have happened in other parades where cars drove through and, and unfortunately killed people, um, we have to put up, <clears throat> and most cities are, are big trucks uh, to block for street closures so they don't get into the parade route. Um, there's bomb sweeps that are done now in staging areas and along the parade route. In some cases, there's police up on rooftops monitoring everything that's going on. Uh, so those are things that we have to take into account. If there's um, certain dignitaries in the parade, um, we have to notify most of the cities that, you know, we have either the mayor or the congressperson or whatever uh, in the parade. And so they have to be alert of that for security reasons. So security's really changed quite a bit. People on the street don't see that, but behind the scenes, we're well aware of what's going on. So early on in your career here, was there a sense of you just not quite knowing if this was going to work? Uh, yeah, when I started my business, definitely. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. And I was really concerned on if this doesn't work, what am I going to do? Um, so uh, I, I was persistent, though, in trying to, um, you know, get the word out through these networking areas. And um, but I had to establish myself. Yes, I was doing it as a volunteer back in my hometown. And yes, I did the holiday parade here in San Jose, which was a big, that was extremely helpful for me to, as I started my business, because I had the experience um, as a professional with San Jose. And then with my uh, previous year's experience as a volunteer, knowing all the different aspects of the parade. So, um, but it was, a, it's, challenging. And as I said, I had a lot of friends and family scratching their head thinking, do you really want to do this? Because you they never heard of anybody doing a business as praise, which quite honestly, uh, I think there's only five of us in the country that do this. So, um, and the majority of them are on the East. I think there's two of us here, one in the South, but that unfortunately that business is uh, not doing as well as it used to. And then there's a uh, Atlanta, Philadelphia, Florida, and, and um, one other up in the Northeast. So there's not many of us in the field focusing just on parade production. How long was it into doing this that you knew or were starting to see the evidence that it actually might work? Um, I think it was, honestly, it was probably right around the time uh, Tom had his stroke uh, and coming where we started adding a couple of more businesses or um, more parades to our business um, and learning that people were talking about us at other events. So was that um, like three for years example, in? yeah, about three, yeah, three to four years in is when I knew that it was kind of taking off um, <clears throat> because I was getting calls from like the Monterey uh, Old Town Association contacted me and said, oh, well, we were talking to the people from Hollister who said that you do their parade at the downtown uh, or the uh, California Downtown Association. So they were networking without me knowing it. But, you know, they were saying they were talking about doing a parade in Monterey and bringing back the Fourth of July parade. And this other community said, well, we work with, you know, upbeat parades. Why don't you contact Ray? So so once that networking starts, and and it's and that happens all the time. My business has been built on networking. I mean, I do some. I do. I have my website. Um, 
I'm not really prominent on social media, but I try to put things out there about the business on social media. And um, I do support California Nevada Festivals and Events Association at the convention. But um, it's not like I put out ads on Google or whatever. I did purposely name my business what I did because I wanted to make sure that people knew what the business was. So um, when I named it Upbeat, and Upbeat came from the fact that, you know, Parades are fun and upbeat and the beat of a drum. So I said upbeat. And then I wanted to make sure Parade Productions was in it so people knew what it was. And usually if you do a Google search for Parade Production, upbeat Parade Production comes up. And I don't have to pay for that. So, <laughs> so that's free ads. And, and I've had people find me on the on you know the internet that way as well. But um, but I, you know, any advice I give people starting businesses or or you know, starting careers and how they can advance it. It's again, I go back to the networking and relationships. That's kind of where I was going to go next with regard to, you know, you, if you, you got a young person who's got a good idea or mm -hmm. they think they do, they, but it, it feels like a long shot to them, but they think there might be a market for it. And, you know, you've talked a lot about networking and how important that's been to you. And, and it, it really has been the, the important part of growing what you do. Mm -hmm. What are the other pieces of advice that you would tell somebody who says, I think I've got an idea. I don't know if it has wings. I don't know how to make this happen. Should I do it? Yeah. You know, I'm the adage of, uh, Follow your passion. You know, if you're passionate, I am very passionate about what I do and about doing parades. So um, follow your passion. I, I remember when I was in my 20s saying, you know, I'm going to retire by the time I'm 40. I'm going to do something with my life, never knowing at the time I was going into the parade production business. But having gone into the parade production business is kind of like retiring <laughs> almost because I still pinch myself that I'm, you know, but I'm doing something I absolutely love and very passionate about. So I would tell uh, people who are think they may have an idea, if you're passionate about it, go for it. Check with other people that may be in a similar type of industry or in that industry, or um, which I did, because I actually built relationships with the gentleman who at the time was running a parade production company out of Atlanta, Georgia, who I admired. And he became a mentor to me. And he actually hired me because he was doing, when I moved out here to California, he knew that I came out and he was doing the Chinese New Year's parade in San Francisco. And he hired me as part of the production team to, you know, to work with him on that, which was terrific. And then I also um, had a gentleman in Southern California who at the time was running a production company who does the Hollywood Christmas parade. And he did many parades in Southern California. And I got to know him as a fellow board member for Cal that we were both on the board for California Nevada Festivals and Events Association. We never competed for customers at all, but he was a true mentor. I would listen to him and how, what he was going through and what he did. And it really helped me a lot. And, you know, to this day, he still calls me and, and, uh, wants to know how business is going. He's since retired from the business, but um, he's really pleased to see where we've taken our business. So, and so that's good. So I would, you know, again, it's the, um, you know, follow your passion, build that network and, and uh, talk with people who may be in that line of work and, and see how they've become successful. What is your website? My website is upbeatparades.com. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, Ray Pulver, thank you so much for being on the Mindful Mutiny podcast. 
Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your incredible sincerity. Uh, thank you for sharing your story here on and uh, for being a beacon of positivity, a beacon of how to how to put something together and just keep working hard with strategy and network yeah. and working through the kinds of major things that people go through and that people survive and that you can you know make the best of in so many ways and i just appreciate you you know being here and sharing your story oh my gosh thank you so much for asking me and you know i adore you as a friend and thank you so much <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Mindful Mutiny podcast. Now go be something great.